0: Welcome to Change Space, where we explore how God's story is changing our stories, growing stronger and healthier minds and identities for us, transforming our relationships with Him, with ourselves, and each other. I'm your host, Ruth Stephen Kouklay, and I'm so excited to discover with you how God's story is changing our stories. be loving. Isn't that what it means to be a Christian? Love others. It's what I've heard my whole life growing up. Love other people, serve other people, do good to others. That's how the world will know that we are Christians. I felt like I was living that out in like a turbocharged kind of way almost the first seven years after that prayer room experience with Jesus. But I look at the last three and I have had intense shame that when someone would ask me to make a meal for someone because they had lost a family member or had an illness, what I could have done much more easily in the past, I struggled to say yes and do. I could barely feed my own family and make dinners at home and sometimes actually didn't and asked people to fend for themselves. These little things that were ways that I measured loving others and serving others, I was no longer doing as the depression had taken over and the anxiety was exhausting and using up all of my energy. But I celebrate today with you. I'm not there anymore. And do you know what's helped overcome the shame? (laughs) Repentance, there really is joy in repentance. Turning away from my way and turning to Jesus is freeing me of my shame. Shame is such a distorting lens that we view life through. It's insidious because we don't even know we're doing it. It blocks us from truth. It blocks us from love. And we need repentance through the help given by the Holy Spirit to start freeing us from these distortions so we can start seeing clearly the truth of God's love. So yes, I look back at the last three years. I look at the choices I've been making relationally with my time, my energy. And I, I don't see that typical portrayal of someone people would say looks like a Christian who is loving. But I'm understanding better why. I looked at what Jesus said to his disciples in John 13. He says to them, after washing their feet with his hands, all 12 of them, the one who was going to go and betray him right after, the one who was going to deny him three times right after, he washed all their all their feet and he said, look what I'm doing for you. Do you understand? Do this for others. Do it for each other. But he says later on, I'm about to be glorified by my father and you can't go where I'm going. So now I'm giving you a new commandment. Love each other. Just as I have loved you, you should love each other. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Well, you guys, it's, it's verses like this. John 13, 34 and 35, that get me thinking with shame, well, I'm not very loving right now. I don't know how to serve other people very well when I feel so broken. I may be healing, but every time I speed back up to try and do what I used to do, I wind back down. I read these words and usually I just think, oh Lord, how how is this happening? How did I how did I walk with you for seven years and how did I get here? But this time, as I was looking at these words, the Holy Spirit helped me see something. Love each other just as I have loved you. We cannot be loving until we have allowed Jesus to love us. The last few months, God has been helping me see some truth about myself. What got me missing out on being loved by him through attachment theory and psychology, which I learned I don't know way back when, but it's coming into focus for me with what I have spiritually been struggling with in my relationship with Jesus. This is what Jesus has helped me see through the Holy Spirit. There are four types of attachment styles that come from attachment theory. Basically, these are descriptions of the ways in which we attached, connected to our caregivers, parents, grandparents, nannies, daycare workers, whoever took care of you. If you're listening to my voice saying this, somebody somewhere took care of you. That's how you're here. And we all have attachment styles. In the four styles, three of them are insecure attachments. The first one, avoidant attachment, is when as a very young little one, from baby to three years old is the range that we're going to look at as we talk about this. I am with my caregiver and my caregiver is not attuned to me. And by attunement, let me say what I mean when I use that word, my caregiver is not able to sense pay attention to my needs, my wants, my emotions, because their own are distracting them. So my caregiver is not attuned to me in this avoidant style. So what do I do as a little one that does not have someone taking care of my needs? I mean, frankly, I might have my diaper changed and get a bottle or get nursed. But when I'm scared, I'm not necessarily going to be comforted. When I need something, no one's looking at me to meet the need. There's an emotional absence of attunement. So that person is going to grow up depending on themselves. There's no one to turn to. There's no one to trust. There's no one to depend on. I'm going to learn to depend on myself. I might grow up to be an adult with lots of friends long-term romantic partners. I might get married and have children, but when someone needs me emotionally, I'm going to avoid that moment. I can be nice to you. I can bring you a meal, but don't talk to me about your feelings. If you're going through something challenging, I might be someone who's willing to go out to the movies with you, but I'm not going to be someone who's going to have a conversation with you. I might be someone who has people in my life, but I'm not someone who's going to be engaging with any attunement on you. I'm using up all the attunement I have on me because I didn't get any from my caregiver. That's avoidant attachment. The second one is an anxious attachment. In this style of attachment, the little one is with the caregiver, and the caregiver is inadequate with attunement. The caregiver might attune to the child every once in a while, but not sufficiently, not adequately, to where the caregiver is learning who this child is. So the little one goes to solve the problem this way, through their nervous system. They take all their resources and start to learn to attune to the caregiver what should be going from the caregiver to the little one is now going from the little one to the caregiver. If I attune to you, my caregiver, maybe I can soothe your distress distress and pain. Maybe I can make you laugh when you're sad. Maybe when you need that thing, I'll run and pick it up for you. I'm anticipating what you need for me. I'm attuning to you because if I meet your needs and you're more regulated with what you need, I'll get some of the breadcrumbs of some attunement from you to me a little bit more than I would if I didn't do this. As I grow up in an attachment style with anxiety like this, I'm always tracking what others need We might hear people say it as people-pleasing today. I don't pay much attention to what I need because I'm assuming I'll get my needs met by meeting your needs first. It sounds so Christian, doesn't it? I'm going to serve you. I'm going to love you. I'm going to do for you. And I'm not going to ask for anything back. But that's not sustainable either because both the avoidant and the anxious-styled person are going to be lonely and not understanding why. And there's still a third style. This one's a little bit more heartbreaking. The little one is with the caregiver. Not only does the caregiver not attune to the little one, the caregiver is not safe for the little one. At its worst, it is physical abuse, verbal abuse, emotional abuse, sexual abuse, but it doesn't have to become abuse to become unsafe. And this little one can't avoid the caregiver, can't attune to the caregiver to get needs met. There's nothing this little one can do to be safe. When this little one grows up, there's going to be so much more dysregulation. The psychological word for the chaos that is described in Genesis 1, 1, and 2 from that darkness, from the pain that comes from the lies that are made by sin, this little one in a disorganized attachment style is not feeling safe and so is easily dysregulated, easily feeling chaotic inside, easily expressing themselves in a chaotic way They cannot have stable relationships within themselves for themselves or with others. These three insecure styles are describing three different ways we learn to invest in our selfishness, our own way of doing something to survive our lives. And it also describes what can become embedded so deeply so hardwired into us, it becomes our pride. We won't let it go that this is the way that we did it. This is the way we'll still do it, even if it's still not working for us. Whatever we survived childhood doing, we will continue and persist into adulthood. We will not let the Holy Spirit in to show us a new way. The secure attachment is what Jesus is doing with us. No matter what attachment style you grew up in, Jesus is attuned to you and he's attuned to me. He is regulated within himself. He knows how to be aware of his own needs, take care of his own feelings, take on actions that convey truth, with kindness and compassion, because that's his character, as he focuses in on my needs, on your needs, and our need to feel safe enough to grow and mature and integrate. Do you wanna be loved? You are already. Are you ready to receive love? It doesn't matter what attachment style you have. Jesus can secure our nervous system to receive love from him. How do I know? I'm experiencing it. I'm still not doing loving things, but now I have peace that comes from being forgiven as I have been repenting more and more as my attentions on Jesus of the ways in which I try to do things embedded in my nervous system, my own way, my own understanding. And then he shows me and I say, Oh, thank you for showing me. Let me come back to you, Lord. Let me put my gaze back on you. Let me start walking back towards you. And it changes down to my neural cell network. It changes who I am every moment at a crossroad that I choose Jesus over what my body and my brain are telling me is truth when it's actually a lie. I'm exchanging those lies for Jesus's truth at the crossroads, and it's changing literally the cells in my body and what they're doing and how they're paying attention and how they're firing together, the neuroplasticity that we talked about in season one, the neurogenesis that maybe I'll talk about later that we generate new cells that can join in this new neural connectivity. Jesus is growing, building in us when we let him love us. It may not feel safe, but give him your attention and experience being loved a little bit more. Discover the joy of repenting of your old way and turning to Jesus and his way. Experience the peace that comes from receiving forgiveness. Grow in love until you realize Jesus has changed you with his story with his spirit, to now you know when you look around, you're beloved. Your nervous system doesn't react to other people the way it used to. Your nervous system has been in the presence of your creator and your nervous system is finding healing. Isaiah 30 tells us, the Lord is waiting for us to come to him. He's right here with us, remember? So he can show you and me his love and compassion. For the Lord is a faithful God. Blessed are those who wait for his help. The Lord will be with you to teach you your own ears will hear him right behind you a voice will say this is the way you should go whether to the right or to the left friends we're at the crossroads and we are loved let's let Jesus love us and walk the crossroads with him.